everybody and welcome to easy mode the charting gaming podcast we are so excited to be back another monday to chat with you all about a new topic within the gaming industry yes everyone i'm so excited i'm henry kai and that's delay dale and this week we're going to be talking about modding um henry yeah so is there something that is, so what's going on what's, what's with the accent what do you mean we're just going to talk about modding this week on easy mode I feel like this was this isn't in the script. What's going on? Like we didn't talk about this. Oh, don't you remember that you said we were going to talk about modding and then you installed the new Henry K on Easy Mode Australian accent mod? Oh, you're right. I yeah, did. Yeah, you remember? I, yeah, I, nay, I just didn't think it would be so. I didn't think it would be so good. I didn't think it would oh, be so I know. great. It's quite real, right? You could do amazing <laughs> thing with mods. You can, mate. You can. Yes, this is Easy Mod Mode. Uh, on this week's episode of Easy Mode. <laughs> yes, Welcome and as we said, that is Delay Dale. She is um, modded to perfection inside <gasps> and out. Wow, and that's Henry K. Is, you know, want to know something about Henry K? The reason we're friends is because we both did an Australian accent while playing Devour. Oh, so actually, that's how that's this podcast right. was made. It was yeah. made because of the Australian because accent. Of all, so thank you out. to the continent. <laughs> Hello, shout out to Australia. You are the reason that we're here. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, this is easy mode, easy mod mode. If uh, you didn't get from the whole little, yes, did we fool you with our fake sketch? Yeah, I was. You thought the episode was just starting, but it wasn't starting. It wasn't because we always do a fun intro. Uh, it's all about mods, mods yeah. in life, not mods in life. I'll get no. some modding in here. No, that's, that's no. I'm not modding. I wish I could, but I'm not. Um, no, we're talking about you have mods. Piercings. This week. You have piercings. Yeah, I've modified. And I that's, guess. you're modified, so you're modded. Um, okay. I mean, I like some <laughs> other ones, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, as we said, we're talking about mods this week. We're talking about um, where they started, where they come from, some pretty big impacts in the gaming industry from mods mm-hmm. and some games that have come from modding. Um, a so lot of very legalities. interesting information. Yep. Legal stuff. We've got yep. um, Dale. Um, I don't know. What's a lawyer's? Uh, Esquire? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, but Why that's what we're talking about this lawyer? week. I don't know. I, I thought that was a lawyer. I don't know. I don't know what Esquire okay. is. Um, Dale, <laughs> PhD. Um, Dale PhD it's yeah. gonna be Dale CPA soon but there we go. yeah that's th- that's this week's topic um, before we get in don't forget to follow our socials tweet us we are very active on Twitter and we're seeing you guys tweeting us uh, thank Yay. you so much we, we love to hear your experiences and um, yeah so Henry do you want to mod continue modding this episode yeah I think we should and dive right in right <laughs> let's get started dun, dun, dun. I just want to be included <laughs> Dale, I feel like you're about to drop some major knowledge on me because when we discussed doing this as a topic for this week's episode, I was like, what do I really know about modding besides just the mods that exist? Like, I think Mm -hmm. outside of that, what? Yeah, so there's actually quite a bit. And the reason I wanted to talk about this for this week's episode is because... We, need, we mod in pretty much every day. Like yesterday when we were both on Twitter, we saw that Animal Crossing mod that made the cats. You know, yeah, it's so leg. cute. And that's what gave me inspo for this this episode because I'm like, well, there's mods all the time. There's mods in DVD. There's mods in Final Fantasy. There's mods in everything. But we don't really know the origins of modding. And then I'm like, what about the legalities of it? You know, uh, so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. This is a very information kind of heavy, but really cool. Yeah, uh, I don't so know he- anything, so I'm excited to find out. No, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Nah. And I mean, don't look at the script because you're going to find the answer. I can't. But <laughs> so, do you know what the or, the origins of game modding came from? No. It I just said I Smurfs. don't know anything about it. The Smurfs. The blue ones? The blue ones, yes. 
How? So, okay, so it served as a parody to the Nazi slang Return to Castle Wolfenstein. It was called Return to Castle Smurfenstein. <gasps> it allowed players to kill Smurfs instead. Oh, and no. that's, where, that's where the origins came from, which I was like, wait, what? That is so funny. Um, so keeping the trend of modding software, I, the Doom also started as a Wolfenstein mod as well. I know you're going to talk about this later for like games that were mods were then turned into games, which is mm-hmm. super cool. So Wolfenstein Smurfs, that's where the origins of everything that they came. Um, and then in Finland's demo scene in the late 80s and early 90s, they also played a huge part in making modding what it is today. So computer science buffs would attend events such as assembly to show off their latest software manipulation feats. So this was kind of like a really cool event where you and your fellow nerds would come together and show the things that you've created and... Um, that's kind of like where the beginning of modding and how it became like super, super popular. Um, so during the 90s, modding communities, they began to emerge online. They provided a hub of resources that were never before seen for PC gamers. Um, this made developers such as Valve think about the future of their gaming. And as a result, Valve was well known for using modding tools such as Half-Life Creator to find staff members. Mm-hmm. And I will say Half-Life games are really good. I've only made it through half of the first one because my computer couldn't run it but anyways i will be playing that a lot of um, the big so modded games come from a Valve lot of the Half-Life. big modded games yeah that's yes. a big source and that's of use the, that's the origin of it so if you're ever about to download a mod because we know a lot of you are downloading mods on our favorite game stardew valley um, yeah. think about the origins of the smurfs smurfette what's his name blue papa i don't know the papa smurf papa smurf <laughs> <laughs> oh my god rest in pepperonis dale All right, now with the legality of it. So you know how like when you're about to mod or do anything like where you're modifying something that you didn't create, there is that like general sense of, am I about to break the law? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fear. I don't want to break the law. law. I don't want to break the law, but am I about to? So generally it is legal, provided it doesn't infringe on the product's copyrights. I mean, you have to check for each game, but generally it is legal. So for example, um, things that are not acceptable are... um, Modding a game to circumvent anti-piracy measures. So anything like DMCA is not cool. That does not fly. But if you're just going to do something to like maybe make your character look like like, like, like yesterday when we talked about the Animal Crossing, the cats to have shorter yeah. legs, that's fine. That's not like infringing on any like property or any product copyrights. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. Yes. But still be careful before you do any kind of modding just because you don't want to obviously oh, imagine you get your computer taken away. Like, you know what? No <gasps> more PC for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's scary. Um, but the beginning of developers embracing modding communities opened the doors to the legality of modding. So with tools being made specifically for the practice, it became much easier for modders to flex their creative their creative skills. We all know about Nexus Mods being a yeah. household name for modders today. It has around 1,200 titles catered to the website. Like, And that's I've only ever used it for like one thing. I've only um, used it for so Stardew. Many. It, you know how it started? It started as uh, it started for um, around Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind uh, and oh. the Morrowind Chronicles. It was created by Robin Scott back in two thousand one. So we've got twenty one years of this amazing site and uh, all of these mods. So after he saw growth and expansion, he then went on to form Test Source and then Test Nexus. I, this was after a split with a friend um, due to financial issues. In this article that I was reading, but. Ew. We still have these mods today. Test Source and Nexus, they provide an online library of mods for Elder Scroll games for players to download, upload for free. And then the service later expanded and is still the go-to today for all modders. Wow. Um, and when I did say the name, you got really excited. So you use it. Do you use it frequently? Do you frequently like mod your games? When I was on a big Stardew kick uh, sometime last year, 
I was like, I'm going to yeah. start a new farm and it's going to be modded so beautifully. Um, and I even did a mod where, well, I did a lot of mods actually. Um, yeah. I did a mod that was like aesthetic. I did a mod that like changed uh, the portraits of all the villagers. Oh, and I townspeople. have that one. That one's cute. Um, there's so many different ones. And even, um, you know, I think we'll touch on this, but even like mods that add more story. So um, there's that yes. very famous yep. Stardew expansion mod, which we've already touched on. So I won't get on more in this This is episode. like not like a topic change, but it, it'll segue into what I'm about to say. Do you remember when we were talking about how many copies of Skyrim that we have? Yeah. The reason I bought Skyrim on the PC is because when I played it first on the Xbox, I wasn't able to mod it there. And so I wanted to have like a modded Skyrim experience. And that's why I got it. And so I'm really excited to mod Skyrim. Like I've never had a modded Skyrim play. So I'm excited for that. Um, continuing on. So as we're seeing the popularity of modding servers and sites increasing, Valve decided to evolve its PC gaming platform by launching the Steam Workshop. Mm-hmm. So um, there... It features easy-to-install mods and more exposure for modders than ever before. Uh, 2011 was the start of accessible modding for many gamers. And this was so cool to me because, like, I use uh, stream avatars. And in stream avatars, that's created by people who upload it to the community, like, on the Steam Workshop. And it's so cool that people are now able to just show off the things that they created, different mods for whatever. And it's just right there. And you're like, hey, thank you so much. Like, this is, it's not, like, never before seen, but it's, like, the, it's paved the way for where your creativity is is going and yeah. the connectability. And like they really saw that mods were so important and so used that they're like, we're going to do this. Also, we are going to do this. And it invigorates the game and the life of the franchise often. It does. So like there's it a does. lot of like, it's almost like free advertising and cap, like free, like it's free to like help more people play your game and make your game more successful. So like, I yes. could buy a game because I saw a mod that I want to use. Like, that could be enough yes. to get me into a game. Yes. It keeps your game um, alive. Also, it's fun that you say that people buy a game to then do something with it because the introduction of the Surface, uh, the Surface, sorry, the Steam Workshop, it provided a controlled environment for mod installation, which deferred from illegal modding activities, mm. like circumventing copyright protection. Yeah. Uh, so that's like a big thing because a lot of people, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but there are games in which you're not allowed to mod because it is illegal and they think it's because it's going to like deter from people actually buying the game or the sales, uh, you know, impacting the overall financial success of the item that they're creating, obviously. But as we'll see in like this next section, there are, there are titles that are known for modding, yeah. like Elder Scrolls Fallout, where yep. people still buy, and it has not taken away from any of the success of the game. No, not um, at all. And so, shout out to Bethesda. Bethesda, they've always taken pride in empowering gamers with creation like kits and modding tools. So, Elder Scrolls Fallout, they are so known for their modding. I've seen some wild Fallout mods and some wild like kind of gameplay video hey. with that. Sorry? Anytime I think of a mod for like for Bethesda, I think Thomas the Train Engine as the dragons in Skyrim. That's always the one I think. I oh my gosh, it's so cursed. I need to look that up. Uh, after. But it's so fun. Uh, so they actually took it a step further in 2017 with console mod support. So PlayStation 4 mods could only use in-game assets. Xbox One players for a plethora of games improving and changing mods curated by Bethesda. It solved an immense frustration for Elder Scrolls and Fallout fans worldwide who played on console. So you know what? The console players were finally listened to because I feel like a big criticism to all these developers and like uh, these games is where's the support for console? Yeah. Like We always get it for the PC, so... Um, and I get it, it's a I little more limited. Amazing. So it's it is just more extra limited, work. but it's great that they had the support for those. 
And they also held modding communities and controlled ecosystems, which allowed their developers more control over intellectual property. Yeah. So rather than giving their players free reign of their assets, they, you can curate uh, content internally. So they still have that control. Um, and that, again, kind of falls into like the legality. You're allowed to do it as long as it's done within their environment, within their parameters. I don't think that modding should be illegal unless it's obviously not, if it's going against like anti-piracy measures or anything yeah. that's like against the product's copyright obviously not but like to give some creativity i don't think we should stop people from allowing themselves to show their creative skills and also like connect with others maybe somebody wanted that mod they didn't even know how to make it like i don't think we should stop i think yeah. more mods you know what we should have like a henry and dale mod eventually that would be hilarious you know what i was just thinking about this and the only part where i can see this may be like not being great is like if the mods are like intentionally changing the um, maybe like the vision or intention of the game uh, oh, especially yes, if it was like in a yes. negative aspect that seems like yes. somewhere maybe where i could be like okay that makes sense or like um changing like intention and purpose for something i think especially if you know making a video game is an art form so like changing yes. what they wanted or intended that seems like not. no i totally agree with you but i feel like the mods that like people just want different like not different skins but they want like you know a different character look yeah. or they want something like memeable yeah i don't think like memeable stuff that's not gonna harm yeah TV. and so i'm agreeing with you yeah some games are have like incredible graphics updates like skyrim has a yes. lot of mods that are like visuals which like if you yes. have a powerful pc you can run it, it makes your game look incredible uh yeah. so that's something else i think is pretty interesting yeah, like the, you know, optimizing mods. There, yeah. There's a lot out there. It's not just, you know, memes and making sure you can <laughs> and make sure you hit all the fish in Stardew Valley fishing. That was the first mod I oh ever Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, um, well, actually, though, fun fact, not so fun fact. A lot of developers these days, unfortunately, um, are less and less releasing uh, the ability to mod games. Um, yeah. Some developers do, and they release dedicated modding tools for the games. Um but they have very few releases that have like source code access. So you have access to all the content information of the game or even just full of like SDKs. So um, yes. w- these days we're getting a lot of games that are often very difficult to modify. Um, a lot of this came around because um, the addition of so many games now, especially like the free to play game with microtransactions or DLCs or small DLCs or smaller microtransactions, such as like you sneak or uh, skins or unique weapons or anything like that. Um, sort of like, there's a money making aspect to where maybe like that can be abused or, you know, circumvented to where like you get that skin for free if you just modded in yourself. Yeah. Um, however, I think historically, I wonder if like, there is an issue because there are some games where modding has not created a problem for microtransactions. Some of those gaming like Starcraft, Oblivion, Oblivion Fallout 4, uh, their communities did not like harm the sales of their microtransactions. Uh, yeah. But so like, in fact, often the modding has uplifted those games to like big, incredible levels. Yes. Um, now, for people who are modders or people who like, you know, I feel like there's like the game developer and there's the modder and there's sort of like this two halves of the same coin kind of thing. Um, there are mm-hmm. a lot of like free game engine ecosystems now, um, like so many people can download Unity, Unreal, and they have a lot yes. of like f- models and assets that are free and you can really like make your own game within those things. Um mm. It's created a lot of games and a lot of IPs, um, which actually connects me to what I really want to talk about. And it's uh, these huge video games that I never knew until we started working on this episode, Dale, that these huge like major franchises and video games, and sometimes 
video game industry disruptors that have just been mods from other games. Mm-hmm. Um, this so is I'm a gonna, really cool topic. So I'm going to get started with the first one. So Counter-Strike, um, one of the biggest uh, esports in existence in history, um, very, very popular, like the original, like sort of like FPS game, I guess you could say, which has had a, so much, like just had a lot of sequels, um, has originally was designed as a mod for the original Half-Life. Uh, what? Yeah, the game had five betas and that game sort of, and as they created Counter-Strike, it gained a lot of popularity. Valve itself was actually so impressed with the game. And we were mentioned like, you know, them hiring modders or whatever to work for them. Um, mm-hmm. Valve actually bought the IP for Counter-Strike um, and hired them to continue work on it. And now um, Counter-Strike is one of like the biggest franchises that Valve has ever had. And mm-hmm. um, Counter-Strike so cool. is one of like the biggest still online shooters and has come sequels and um, have had further iterations of the game. But it all started from a mod from Half-Life. I think it's really cool that like studios will still look for modders to ensure that their games and the server, everything is like run smoothly. That's cool. They see the success there. They see the talent. They're like, you know what? We're going to get you before we need to get you later. That's really cool. Yeah. I've never played Counter-Strike. I did not know. Like I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, Valorant's actually based on Counter-Strike. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So it has the same game style and like intention, just a little different, like, uh, like stuff involved, but it's the mm-hmm. same sort of like play. So wow. we, if we didn't have Counter-Strike, we might not have had Valorant. What would and I then where would, you, where would you have been? Where would I have been? Where would I have wasted my money? My secret <laughs> amount of money. You still will not tell us how much exactly. you Exactly. Anyways. Um, so actually, Counter-Strike is not the only successful Valve game uh, based on a mod. So uh, I remember the ads for the sequels for this were coming out, but I didn't realize that the original game, Team Fortress Classic, came out in cool. 1999. And that was based off a mod off a 1996 game. So really throwing it back here of an arena mm-hmm. shooter called Quake. Um, so Valve, again, um, saw what was going on with Team Fortress. They hired the designers, John Cook, Robin Walker. Um, and then they ported the game as Valve's own, like, uh, from Half-Life, uh, calling it Team Fortress Classic. And this went to lead on to Team Fortress 1, Team Fortress 2, um, coming with this like, game. If you haven't seen it, it's like nine character classes. It's had some very silly ads that I'm sure you've seen as well. But it's also uh, become like one of the best like multiplayer FPS titles of all time. People still play this game to today, um, and it also has a, a very like robust online uh, skin cosmetic ecosystem. That's really cool, Team Fortress, and that's a really popular one too. Yeah, I know it's huge. Multiple sequels I'm, again. Yeah. Valve, they Valve. they are really like benefiting from allowing the modding and these like no, and you know what? It's really good that they them. realized that they could also. Like, this is a really smart, like, business decision, too. So it's like they didn't just say, stop, no. They're like, wait a second. We can profit off you. So, wow. Good job, Valve. Yes. Now, this game, I feel like when talking about modding, this next game is, like, meta-meta in what we're talking about. Um, oh, yes. So I don't know if you've ever played Gary's Mod or seen I've heard of Gary's it. I've, it's It's got such great, uh, like, re- reception. I don't know yeah. if that's the correct word, but people love this game. So I have definitely heard of it. So Gary's Mod, in a sense, is a modding game in one, like, word or the other. So in Gary's Mod, they he took Valve's Source Engine, so everything available through Half-Life 2, and created sort of a sandbox physics-based game. There's literally nothing you can do, but everything is available for you to like to bring out to like so like you're like it's like a sandbox game where you have access to every asset in the game and you can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. from there, players uh 
have now created like their own games within this game called Gary's Mod. So in Gary's Mod, you can play Prop Hunt. You can play um, all these uh, Prop Hunt being one of the most popular. All these different like games within the game. So like people are just making games in Gary's Mod as like the vehicle for the game. Um, That's you join so different cool. servers. You do different rooms. Uh, but yeah, so this it? was made as a side project. Yeah, I do own it. I love oh, Prop okay. Hunt. Uh, I used to be okay. really big into watching people play that on YouTube. Oh, really? Oh, fun fact. Yeah. Um, so Valve heard of it, of course, picked it up. Uh, it launched with a commercial release in 2006 and became an increasingly popular game. Again, like I said, Prop Hunt being one of the biggest sort of um, games there. But also so many options for game creation. Um, and then apparently uh, there should be a sequel sometime in the future. Um, again, okay. that should have that more assets. I assume just a bigger version of what we know now as Gary's Mod. That sounds really fun. I like how like inside the game then there are more games like yeah. it's just a mod like and it's up to like the only limitations are the on your creativity because you can do whatever like that's really really cool i like that yeah it's sort of like i always said it's like meta meta yeah um, it is really meta meta like it's a mod a mod and a mod oh my god um, now this game i did not know it was a mod uh and again half-life 2 valve assets that's gonna cover it for you um so the Stanley Parable, a very, very popular... That's a mod? That's it's a mod. Mo- what yep. the heck? So I'm just going to give you... You know it's a mod. You know where the assets come from. Half-Life 2, yeah. Valve, it's all there. Um, but basically the story of the Stanley Parable is that designer Davey Redden, he saw that mm-hmm. he wasn't really happy how most AAA narrative games had just so you go through the story and through the motions and you sort of just like play through a story that already existed for you. So his intention was to create something different, um, inspired, and... Um, with actually no prior experience, he looked at forums, he looked at, like, Valve Store Engine, like, just, like, did the research on this um, and created this game called The Stanley Parable, a mod of Half-Life, obviously. Um, Half-Life being the base for everything. Yeah, Half-Life 2 for this one, 2011. <laughs> uh, the mod became super, super popular after launching, and then afterwards, he and fellow designer William Pugh worked on a revamp for two years, which then was, like, the full release of the game as we know it. Mm, so mm-hmm. uh, the Stanley Parable launched in 2013 originally was just a mod that was available online um, that was then developed a workshop through them, uh, through these two people, and then became a huge popular game. Wow. Yeah. That's on my list. I've seen some people play it, and it looks so ridiculous. I can and imagine honestly, you having a blast with it. <laughs> have you played it? Uh, no, but I watch a lot, mainly because like I like games that have different endings. So I'll often look up games that have different oh, endings different and like endings. I love multiple endings. And, go through. and yeah. even though they have like super secret endings that are difficult to achieve, and like oh, all these like interesting course. like behavior based like scenarios and reactions that the game has to you, the player. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, so this next one I actually was shocked about too because um, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Dota Two is based off a mod of StarCraft. So Dota Two is actually the biggest game worldwide in esports. Uh, and I'll just tell you a little bit how it started. So basically, uh, StarCraft, Blizzard StarCraft, um, had a level creator mode. Um, and this modder, Kyle Summer, created this level called Defense of the Agents in 2003. And it sort of restructured how you play the game where the team, so basically the two teams were, the purpose was to destroy these opponent structures. Um, and then you had to defend your own, and then there was like customable, customizable heroes through this mod that you were able to play as, and that is sort of that uh, Dota is sort of that like League of Legends style, like lanes, destroying structures, getting to the base, and whatever. Um, and that became so so popular uh, that like this like mod Dota that this person created uh, 
is like really spearheaded that MOBA genre like League of Legends. Um, and then like that is like such a tournament based popular esport type thing. So then Valve purchased the IP in 2009 from that mod, um, launching to the successful sequel of Dota 2 launching in 2013. And again, as I said, one of the biggest esports of all time. But based on a level from a modder who loves StarCraft who created like a different way to play in StarCraft. That's that shocked me. I know. I I was not expecting that. Honestly, yeah. every single one that you've listed except for Gary's mod, I'm well, even that too. I thought Gary's mod was just the game, but it's just anyways, wow. All I of know. this this is wild, wild. Such a fun um, topic, huh? <laughs> so the last one for you, and again, we talked about how these became, you know, dote like these mods become like industry disruptors. They launch genres, they launch like mo- mo- moments and everything like that. And um, this is one's probably the biggest. We talk about it sometimes on this episode, but the whole genre of Battle Royale came from a modded game. So um, a guy named Brendan Green um, started modding, funny enough, another mod called DayZ, and that's based on the modded version of a game called Arma. I think it's Arma 2 or Arma 3. I'm not, I don't really remember. Um, but he modded the mod of a game to create a mm-hmm. uh, what we now know as PUBG or Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Um, oh, he really? is Player Unknown, so that's why it's called that. Um, and he called it, he modded it into a Battle Royale game, which was based off the Japanese film Battle Royale, which inspired the Hunger Games. Um, mm-hmm. So after the DayZ mod, he began doing this, which would only turn PUBG. Uh, and it actually turned out just to like launch, it became so successful, so popular, it launched like the Battle Royale battle royale um genre as we know it so this game and its popularity caused a lot of other studios and a lot of other places to like launch their own versions of battle royale games and now PUBG isn't super popular anymore even though it's had um like more iterations of the game and like various sources and uh it's not really super popular or anything like that now but it has sort of like kicked off that widespread subgenre of battle royale as we know it now so fortnite apex um all those different games in that genre can really kind of be traced to this making that genre popular wow i, I started laughing a little bit when you're like he's player unknown when we saw his name brendan you are brendan player yep. unknown. yeah well we do know who you are oh. brendan we know so. who you are player brendan's battlegrounds <laughs> um yeah so interesting so when we talk about the gaming industry and when we talk about games and gaming culture and like games like lifespans and uh you know, even genres as itself, like modding itself is, I mean, obviously very, very early on, plays a huge impact into it. I just feel like it can't be ignored. Modding is just not whatever. It's impactful. It's important. It's great. Oh, yeah. And it's like something that's very serious. It's like honestly sometimes like the backbone of a game. Like sometimes people just buy the game, like we said earlier, to mod it. Uh, and then there's like mods that like don't really do much to the gameplay. Like we didn't talk about this, but Dead by Daylight has mods. Where it's just like your perks look different. It's just like yeah, a oh yeah, visual kind of like design visual mods. Like sometimes the mod doesn't have to be anything other than like I just want the characters to look different. Like maybe I want all my characters to look like Hermit the Frog, Hermit the Frog, right? So yeah, I, I love want Miss Piggy mod. You you should um, get that. Well, something else we actually don't talk, didn't talk about. I don't believe mm-hmm. is that everyone who mods does it out of a passion and love and challenge of doing it. There's yes. no payment. There's no, often not even a lot of notoriety for it. There's not a lot of no. fame for it. There's no, it's kind of thankless in a way, uh, but you do it. A lot of people, these people say they do it for the satisfaction of accomplishing it, the challenge that is modding and figuring out how to make it work. 
Um, and then also like obviously giving people something that's wanted and needed. Yeah. I mean, why do you mod? If you're listening, what 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 kind of drew you to download some mods? Um, for myself, it was the Stardew Valley Fishing. But now I'm like, I just want to make my game look pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard not to know like that there's something you could want for the game that could make your game experience um, more enjoyable for you that you didn't mm-hmm. even know you needed. So sometimes you yeah, you never even knew until you open up the world of mods because like sometimes when you look at how many mods have been like how many downloads it has had a lot these many people had the same issue that i did you know yes or want the same thing that you do or want the same thing that i do like you're not alone and if you are well someone will eventually download the same thing that you are yes so um for example i'm looking it up right now i'm trying to figure out which like i'm gonna look at stardew valley since we both love stardew valley i feel like that's the easiest one to talk about the mods because it's such a big like modding like the end what did they do like another like they created a mod that is a second farm or like additional gameplay to it. What's the what's that mod called? Where yeah, so you have before another... um, concerned ape created um, additional content for the game, someone else went ahead and created like a whole almost like DLC for Stardew Valley. Uh, I'm trying to get to the website, but it's not working right now, so we'll just put it on social later. Uh, mm-hmm. But a whole another entire like basically a DLC like full entire journey and experience for Stardew Valley from. Um, by themselves because they wanted to just modding because they just love it and yes. there's so much support and you know what's really cool about modding is they make it so easy for people who have no idea how to do it to do it themselves like there is so much support every single mod that you download gives you like a uh walking like step like this is how you do it and this is if you're having this issue like troubleshooting stuff is amazing like you're not doing this on your own this isn't like some sort of like sketch torrenting and you have no idea like breaking your computer i know there's a lot that's how of i felt when i was doing it but that's it was how easy. i felt too and i'm like wait a second if I, how would i be the only one to have this problem too when i'm downloading a mod that has like forty-two thousand downloads right so it's not me um Okay, so I figured it out. So I'm going to tell you two different things. Um, the most downloaded um, actual like mod to the game when it comes to Stardew Valley on Nexus Mods is called NPC Map Locations. So it tells you exactly oh. where the NPCs are at all times, which is sometimes a very difficult part of Stardew Valley. It, it really is. It really is. <laughs> um, so that one has 6 million downloads. Now, we were talking about the DLC. I finally remember what it's called, Stardew Valley Extended. And I'm going to looking right now on Nexus Mods, Stardew Valley Expanded has 5 million unique downloads. So oh 5 million God. people have downloaded this mod and has experienced the thing. And let me tell you exactly what it has. This mod adds 27 new NPCs. 50 new locations, 260 character events, 27 fish, which I know isn't good news for you, um, and then reimagining <laughs> to the original versions of the game. I mean, that's fan-made, so shout out Flash Shifter, um, the creator and uploader of that mod, for making that. But that's a lot of content to create to, for That's a lot of free. content, and that's I think that's one too many fish. But thank you for the shout-out. Not yes. the call-out. I have the mod that makes it easy for me to fish, though, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm good there. So I, I saw what you were trying to do, but you can't, you can't, you, you can't, can't hurt me. You can't all right. Stop her. <laughs> um, but yes, everybody, that's the end of this week's episode. Please let us know what your favorite mod is of any game. I want to yeah. know what you're at. Well, tell us your favorite and also tell us what is the most obscure, like random mod that you've ever made. Um, I think there's like somewhere like, you remember how we talked about like, the Stardew Valley at the beginning where the dad, you just do like the scene of the oh, dad. Oh yes, Those, that was so <laughs> yeah, tell tell everyone about that mod real quick before we end up because there's so many different versions of it you know what was he in like a sandwich or he was like yes. he passed away in the beginning like there's so many different variations of the starting scene just being wild i think that's like one of the most obscure that i've seen this far so um, there's some obviously 
ridiculous. What did you say? Thomas the Train? Our yeah, dragons and the Skyrim. Dragons. There's actually a lot uh, of Thomas I'm, the Train engine mods in like lots of games. Oh yeah, it's such Thomas a meme, train. such a meme. Um, but for myself, I think I'm gonna go look at some no more mods now. Now I'm inspired to see what other games I can mod. <laughs> I know. I was like, what do I have? So many options. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I probably have so many options, and I had no idea. But um, thank you again for hanging out with us, everybody. And until the next week, you know what we do? We keep it easy. Mod. Oh, I mean <laughs> mode. See you next week, everyone. Bye.